Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Creators Corner with Castiglione. Today, I have the real Chinaman with me. How you doing, Chris? How are you doing? Good, man. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Pleasure to have you. You actually have more than just the real Chinaman. You're also behind the Nerdlies <clears throat> and Oddly Captured. Um, <laughs> so kind of a man of all trades over here. Uh, cosplay, photography, streamer, and podcaster. Um, and I guess the streaming and podcasting are kind of in the same in the same belt line there too yeah um so out of the group of of um hobbies what did you get into first well first thing uh was photography really um i i started doing photography i think in 2011 or 2012 and i started because i was collecting a lot of toys and you'll see tons of stuff around me like you can see it here obviously the yeah. listeners may not see it but I have a lot of stuff <laughs> I've accumulated over the years. I, uh, I collected a lot of art toys, um, was really into the scene of designer con here in California. And um, because of that, there's all these figures that are made to look like characters. So I wanted to make sure that I could capture those characters and put them to life. So I was doing a lot of toy photography when I first started out. And then uh, shortly after that, Rachel, my wife, uh, got into cosplay and so did I. And we were like, you know what? I, I do pictures already. Let's start learning how to do portrait photography, cosplay photography and that sort of thing. And that just kind of led into all the other stuff. So uh, photography is the first thing I fell in love with. I still still enjoy doing it every single time. And uh, yeah, that's that just has led to all this other type of content creation. That's awesome, man. Yeah, photography is kind of one of those gateway hobbies, I feel like. Like a lot yeah. of us started that. Like I did in high school and college and then kind of fell out of it. Um, but it was back when, you know, you had dark rooms and 35 million or film and you oh, yeah. chemicals, like all the good times. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's one of those hobbies that I think, you know, once you start messing with the um, just the materials that you have, whether you're mm -hmm. working on digital, whether you're working in film, film photography, which I know a couple of photographers still do. Um, once you start finding the tricks of the trade that you like, the aesthetic mm -hmm. that you like, now you're just pushing that aesthetic to be more and more your own style or bringing your own type of flair to it. I just, I think it's a, it's a fun one to have. And plus now that we do cosplay, like now I understand more because I was doing photography and still photography of characters, of uh, these toys that I had. Now I understand how to pose people mm -hmm. hopefully uh <laughs> and make them look as heroic heroic or villainous as they want to look um in their cosplay so i think it helps it, it all just kind of lended into each other yeah yeah so what drew you and rachel into cosplay what was the what was the well i want to do this like how did you figure out like cosplay was a hobby you wanted to try out well, we, we met a lot of friends out here. We moved out to Los Angeles in 2011. We'd always loved um, comic books and movies and pop culture, stuff like that. And uh, we didn't know a lot of cosplayers, obviously, over where we were living when we lived in Connecticut. We were living mm. in a very small town. It was a very, you know, uh, I was just there with my like work friends and a couple of them were very nerdy, but they weren't like cosplayers and stuff like that. We didn't go to cons out there. But now that we got, got out here, obviously we met a lot of artist friends. We met a lot of uh, other content creators that are living out here in LA. And we started 
kind of just dabbling in circles of like, okay, we'll go to this con, see what's going on there. We see people dressed up and it's awesome. Really, really nice people too. Everybody who was very kind to us when we approached them and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So once we started making friends and seeing how they were creating their characters, creating their cosplays, it just became more and more interesting for us. And we wanted to be part of that energy. So I think, uh, once we started getting into the convention scene, going to WonderCon, going to Los Angeles Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, it was just a natural progression from there. We just kind of latched on to our friends who were also doing that and getting excited about what they were creating. They hype us up and get excited about things we were making and stuff. So um, that's how we got into it, really. It's just the community really helped out. Yeah, I didn't know you guys weren't like from L.A. to begin with. That's interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we get, came out here in 2011. We were, we were, uh, I was born here, but raised in Arizona. Okay. So came back. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the first con that I met you at in person was Phoenix Fan Fusion mm. in like 2018 and 19. We were, and we were just crossing paths. And then right when you guys were filming out to leave, we like bumped into you walking. I had um, Aubrey and Reishi with me. Yeah. At that con. Yeah. So that's the first time I met you guys in person on that <laughs> Sunday. It's like, oh, this is funny. If we, you know, we go to all the LA cons and might have seen each other, and then we first actually meet at somewhere we out of state, which is what a funny. strange, like, uh, what a strange community it is sometimes. This this cosplay community because you'll yeah. you'll see people that are always at the same cons that you're at, and every once in a while you're just like, oh, I, I wish I could ma- meet up with that person, talk to them, chit chat with them, and then all of a sudden you're out in wherever, like you said, Phoenix Fan Fusion, you're like, oh. I know this person. Let's go chit chat with them. Let's go yep. let's see them. Yep. Or like you'll go to Dragon Con. I haven't gone. Rachel's gone. Um, but she she saw a bunch of cosplayers that she hasn't gotten to see out here in California because she knows them through social media and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I think that's a cool to, thing. For us locally, it's easier to get pulled into different things at the local yeah. cons. You know a lot of people. But when we're in like Arizona and we don't have that same network. We kind of more look for each other if we're out of oh, town absolutely. at the same place. It's like, okay, I know you're from out of town. I know you're from my neighborhood. So let's get together out here. So it's <laughs> one of those things like we're networking in numbers is easier than networking solo, you know? Like, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like bef- I agree before, with that. Before I met a lot of cosplayers through Russ, um, I would like, I go to a con, I check it out, I kind of look around, I buy stuff, and I leave. But once you meet people and have dinner with them or you shoot with them, I'm like, all right, now I can stay and hang yeah. out. I have a group I can roll around with um that's kind of that's kind of cool yeah it certainly makes conventions uh it certainly makes conventions a lot more um inviting when you get to have that social social interaction yeah this i mean that's why it's so addicting to go to the conventions yep because it is a like a reunion that's why like yeah i think that after being missing it for like two years uh of the pandemic has been so crazy because like we come, we were coming back to these conventions and it feels like a family reunion. You're getting yeah. to see these people we haven't seen in years, getting to feel that in-person excitement with them again. And uh, yeah, it's just, you, you live off the vibe. <laughs> yep. And that was one of the drives behind the podcast was because we weren't doing conventions a lot. Like yeah. I wanted a way to talk to people that I know from conventions or that I've met through networking at conventions. I'm like, you know, and tell their stories so that was yeah, kind of like sure. moving from in person to podcasting um was, that was kind of my goal with this was to network during the times and it's been fun so i'm like i'm just gonna keep it up <clears throat> yeah know? absolutely why not um, 
So, um, <clears throat> and then you got into podcasting too about the same time. So what was, what, what got, what made you curious about podcasting and what was your first show about? Have you had multiple shows? We, we always called it the, uh, well, it was Rachel's idea to call it the Nerdlies. I'll give her full credit for that. <laughs> she, uh, she, we were trying to figure out a name and we, we had been um, obviously cosplaying and meeting other creators, much like you, you have been doing. And we were like, man, we know just so many interesting people. And we do get to talk to them a little bit about what they do when we see them at conventions and stuff like that. But what if we could do a little bit more of a deep dive, give them mm -hmm. more time to talk about what they're doing, kind of the same goal that you're, you have. Yeah. Um, so like Rachel loves Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is a huge inspiration to her. I, I love him too. Fantastic, and I yeah. think that, he has always been a type of person to encourage people to just go and make things. Yeah. So we were like, okay, we love talking about this stuff. We love talking to our friends about this stuff. Let's go ahead and start the process of making a podcast. I had studied two years of radio broadcasting okay. uh, in school. So I already knew how to do technical stuff. My, my main job, like my day job is video editing uh at a company so i know the technical aspect of how to do the distribution and editing and all that mm -hmm. type of stuff so i was like let's use that or leverage that make <laughs> make something for ourselves and involve some of our friends so that we, we could get that that stuff going and um that just became like okay let's do a show where we talk about the things we like right i think mm -hmm. there's a lot of shows that they talk about the things that are obviously popular and you, you kind of have to have a little bit of that, obviously, if you want to be a successful podcast, but we were like, it's not going to excite us to talk about something if it's not something that we're consuming ourselves. Yeah. So our goal was to talk about things that we liked, talk to creators that we got to meet uh, through conventions or through friends that were doing like, projects that we were excited about and just learning learning cool. from them and learning learning about their lives and what their goals are and what the the project was the whatever they were working on was and it just became like it was made it easier and easier as we put out episodes like mm -hmm. okay now we can reach out to people and be like hey we have this set of shows that we've done uh, this is what we want to talk to you about if you would mind wouldn't mind coming on we've had some really really cool people got, uh, awesome. that have gotten to be on the show so i'm i feel very lucky that we've had that base that's cool. I didn't. I didn't realize we had similar educational backgrounds. I have a degree in recording. Um, yeah, that was my background. So that's why I got. That's what drew me back to podcasting. I had an online radio show for a long time and in college, and then I did the recording as a major. So, isn't it such a weird thing? Like I felt like when I was a, when I was in radio broadcasting, I was like, I just want to be a DJ, play music, talk a little bit, and stuff like that. I don't want to be on talk radio. I don't want to like like be the host of anything or whatever. Um, but now it's like, you know what? I'm going to lean into it. I know. I yeah. think I know how to do this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And talking is still easier than like performing really. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things, like oh, yeah, I yeah, still yeah. consider it kind of a behind the scenes thing. Like I was always like, the, I was the DJ in high school. I had all the, the turntables, the records, you know, I was, uh, I was a DJ uh, and a live audio engineer. And then I got into recording because that was easier than have people come to me than me lug all my gear all the time you know when when you have yep. that you carry crates of records you know <laughs> yeah. march up hills to homes it was like it's exhausting man um so 
Okay. Um, what do you think right now your best known cosplay is? Like what when when people see you, because you're getting kind of a you get popular with a couple of the outfits I know. So what's your what's your what's your most popular cosplay? I think I mean I, I think honestly it is is definitely Wong right now uh, is my most popular cosplay. Um, I was actually very surprised to I mean obviously big thanks to Chad Chad Hatter who made the costume for me. Uh, I like basically I'd known Chad through other cosplayers. I'd seen him at conventions. I knew he was making really really cool stuff, and he literally posted one day he was do already doing Doctor Strange, and he was like does anybody want to cosplay Wong? Do I know anybody who wants to cosplay Wong? And I'm like, oh, man, it would be really cool to cosplay with Chad because Chad makes really cool stuff. Mm. So I basically answered the call <laughs> to, to have him make me a, a Wong costume. And now it's become uh, one of my most popular ones. Uh, and rightfully so. I, like, I really like that costume. It's really well built. And I yeah. think it's, you know, it's, a, it's a fun one to kind of embody. Uh, that character and now that I mean fortuitously now he's become such a mainstay in the entire continuity it's uh it's been a lot of fun I'll say one of my favorite ones that like isn't the most it was my most popular before that was uh the kid from up Russell from up okay was like my my uh, personal favorite (laughs) just because I think it brought joy to people to see uh Russell at at a convention um but yeah yeah, I think Wong Wong for sure is definitely number one. That's awesome. Yeah, no, your Wong is is amazing, um, and you've gotten to meet Ben uh, Benedict, who plays Wong, yeah. right? A couple, at least at least a couple times now. Yeah, um, it's it's um, actually the first year I cosplayed him. I I just posted a story about it the other day, and uh, in 2018 was the first year I cosplayed as Wong. And we were doing the Marvel meetup uh, with other cosplayers. And then we were like, somebody at the meetup was like, hey, Benedict is Benedict Wong is at Sales Pavilion right now. Like, you should go up there because there was only like two or three of us that were in Wong costumes. So (laughs) I had shaved my head. I is the first time wearing the costume. So me and my friends went up there. And it was so funny because we walk up to Benedict Wong's booth and he sees me coming and he's like, Oh, great. You're here. I'm going to go take a break. You take care of the you take care of the booth. It was so I that's why I have a picture of myself holding a bunch of his pictures, uh, fake handing it out to people because he walked off from the booth for a couple seconds and came back. It was it was really, really fun. And I've gotten lucky enough to meet him again at the Endgame premiere and uh, at another um, another premiere as well. And he's always been just so gracious, uh, super fun guy. Um, I forget all, all the time that he has that super thick British accent. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be associated with such a electric kind of performer. Yeah. It's it's funny to hear actors like from different countries like speak yeah. it. Because you're like, oh, crap, wait, he's <laughs> not doesn't sound like that in real life. You know, like the one that trips with- you out the most, I feel like it's got to be Tom Holland. Yeah. Tom Holland has such a perfect, um, what is it? He's from Queens, right? And the yeah. Peter Parker's from Queens. And he has such a great New York accent as Peter Parker. But then you hear him in interviews, it's like, wow, this guy is super British. 
Yeah. Yeah. The one that threw me the first time and it wasn't even a Marvel relation was the old TV show House with the Doctor played by Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. And when I heard him, I go, wait, who the hell is talking? (laughs) Because you had this very thick British accent. You're like, holy crap, that is amazing. To first of all, have a good accent like that and still have a performance that's like, wow, that was an amazing acting performance. It has to be like twice as hard to stay in accent and perform with that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, and I I um I knew of Hugh Laurie because of Rachel before House became a thing oh. out here in the US. So we knew him as a as a very comedic British actor, like very mm. goofy British actor. He was in um in a show with Rowan Atkinson called Oh my gosh, it's gonna bother me that I don't remember the show. It was like a period piece type show. Now I gotta look it up before I uh before <laughs> I hold on. Yeah, Rowan Atkinson. So I didn't know he I was a, get right. a comic actor. That's funny. Yeah. Like a, a, a funny actor. That's hilarious. So he was in Black Adder with uh Rowan Atkinson, which is like a four or five seasons of period piece stuff. And he's hilarious in that show. He, he is super super funny and then you get to him going to american acting and he's just this super serious md or surgeon at, in house and it's like what happened how did you do that how did you transform like that yeah i think i'd have been more shocked if i had seen that show before because when i saw house i'm like this guy's just a fantastic like just fantastic yeah, actor. yeah, yeah. um i had no idea he was a was in like humorous shows before that You'll um, have to go back and watch Black Adder. It's one of the uh, will. most brilliant uh, comedic shows <laughs> from from back then. He, Rowan Atkinson is just a is just very very funny. I mean, most people in America know him know him as Mr. Bean. Okay, yeah. Rowan Atkinson as like a witty witty comedian he is super super good and i wish that there was more of that in his american performances but you know you get to see it in his uh older british performances see i wasn't sure you're talking about until you said mr bean i'm like okay i know exactly what you're talking about yeah (laughs) (laughs) um what was your first cosplay you did like when you decided to go to your con out here and start doing the cosplay all right. Yeah. The first cosplay I did was probably um, it was either Russell from up. It, it might've been that, or it was, uh, I'm actually looking at a poster right now. I did Emmett from uh, the Lego movie. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I had, I bought a, I bought a worker's uniform vest had a blue shirt. I bought this big cube, like uh, a cube styrofoam. And uh, just wrapped it in red duct tape and was the top of the craggle that was attached to my back. That's awesome. I had that for or I had that for one convention. Rachel did wild style. So it was either one of those two were my, was my first uh, real dabble into cosplay. That's cool, man. Um, you have any new ones you're working on or are you keeping those secret or, you know, anything coming mm, out? You're- I, I have one. I've been waiting to do winter soldier i Mm. love that character i think that sebastian stan's done a great job with it and it was like just the winter soldier movie was one of my is still one of my favorites if not the favorite of uh my marvel like watches i agree (laughs) 
yeah. So now I, I lucked into, I, I went to a charity auction or a fundraising auction and won a uh, arm casting of the Winter Ooh. Soldier arm. So I have it here. It's just one of those things I have to actually, you know, grind it down, paint it, get yeah. all the other stuff to make the actual costume. So that's one that's on the uh, on the upcoming list. And also I want to do, I've been wanting to do Shang-Chi, um, obviously, because I just love that character. I know a lot of people do Shang-Chi. I'm fine yeah. with it. I just I just want to be, I just want to have that costume. Yeah. And then uh, I want to have, I'm getting a Chirrut Imwe also from Star Wars. Uh, very nice made. yeah very nice yeah no it's not about how many people do the costume like you know there is a niche people that want to do costumes no yeah. one else does and that's cool um that was my goal before lockdown i'd actually commissioned never got it started um a u.s agent before oh, he was yeah. announced before he was announced on the tv show oh wow because I, I just mm -hmm. wanted something and i wanted the comic book version the black with the you know the, mm -hmm. the old school mm -hmm. so i bought I bought his original run of comics. I bought his original appearance, which was uh, a even a different name in his first appearance. Um, okay. I forget what it was, Super Pager or something. He was it was cringy. Um, <laughs> was his origin story as, is like as a lot of comic books are sometimes when you go to find like origins oh my of people. God. <laughs> yeah, like he's a super bad person in the original comics, and was like, yeah. wow, this guy is not not a good person. I don't want to repeat these lines, you know, reading them like, yikes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, and I was like, I want to get it done before the show comes out. Cause after the show comes out, everybody's going to do it. Like they announced them like, and I was going to do yeah. it. I was, that was my plan for March of 2020 at WonderCon. And then obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I, I just haven't gotten the motivation to start that again yet. Um but I do want to do that because I want to do like a Captain America character, but not Captain America. Yeah. Because there's so many caps, you know, and there's so many buckies. I wanted to do something that not a lot of people knew. Yeah. And to kind of dig into the deep dive of, of characters because there's so many characters out there. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of characters that are just so much fun, like so much fun to look at too. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not just that they're great characters, but like they're just great designs and i i really applaud people who do the obs not obscure but like the less done characters every time i see them at yeah. a convention i'm like holy crap i can't believe you did that yeah you know i was sitting uh i, got, I was lucky enough to be invited to um multiverse of madness uh the premiere and i was sitting next to a cosplayer named sarah uh ceremony ceremony cosplay okay. she's from arizona and she was cosplaying as clea that's cool. uh at the premiere and i was i was so it was the comic book version of clea obviously and spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched multiverse of madness uh it's been out long clea enough. shows up <laughs> clea shows up at the end of the movie and uh i was sitting next to her in the theater and just saw her light up awesome. uh, and i was I, I that's one of the like my, my favorite moments she was already doing a very obscure cosplay it's awesome it's very related to dr strange but she didn't know it was going to be in the movie no one knew, obviously. Yeah. And just to be able to see her get to do get her recognition of being like your amazing cosplay. You didn't not obscure character, but like not an MCU directly character yet. Right. Brought it to Mir and got to get that moment. See, that was really come cool. to life on the screen in front of you. That's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I actually had to ask a friend who that was at the end because I'm not that familiar with like the older stories, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. 
I was like, he's like, oh, that was so and so. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I actually, I just, yeah, got my Multiverse of Madness in the other day. On, nice, uh, nice. I still collect Blu-ray. Um, I still get them too. <laughs> creature of Habit. I want to support what comes out because you know they keep putting yeah. it out. Um, so yeah, oh, that's awesome. Have you gotten a chance to do? Have you seen Thor yet? Love and Thunder. I have not yet. Okay. Uh, that I one I either. need to catch up on. I have to watch that in the next couple of weeks, I think. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I had a buddy who, if he can get enough people, will buy out a whole screen and just invite yeah. friends and family. Um, and so we, we did that for uh, Multiverse of Madness. So that was nice. my first that was my first movie since since pandemic where I went to a theater. <laughs> oh, wow. And saw it. So, yeah, I did had that. It. I did that for Shang-Chi. Cause I knew like after I got, I, we got to do the premiere like two weeks before that. And then um, I was like, I just need my, it was still like very high pandemic times at the time. So I was like, I just need my friends to see this. And I knew that uh, the only way, way we could do it is organize like a couple of trips to the theater, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. my friends yep. that were vaccinated and safe and stuff like that. So that's I what rented, he does too. Yeah. Yeah. I rented a theater on Friday night of the opening weekend and then on monday night of the, the that's awesome weekend. so yeah we um, did a that was noon, a lot of fun we did a noon on friday so we had to hit it out for work which was, oh yeah yeah which was good by me because i have so much vacation time i can't burn it like i'm literally at the oh, maximum okay, gotcha. i'm maxed mm-hmm. out i have to take time off or i'm losing money so i'm like all right cool uh-huh. um <laughs> i think yeah i want to start i want to do more of that like rent out a theater and just get close friends that i trust to come to theaters mm-hmm. i think we'll probably try that again for black panther uh wakanda Oh, absolutely. I think we're going to do that. What an amazing um, trailer that was. Oh, my God. So much stuff out of SDCC that was like, holy crap. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because um, I, I honestly, and I know we were going on a tangent, but I think that's that's okay. We, tangents are fun. We, yeah. When we were, when I was at uh, SDCC, we, we left, we got home Saturday night, um, right around the time Marvel was starting to announce their stuff at the uh-huh. panel. So I was at my house at the house looking at my phone, seeing the announcements like, okay, Quantumania. Uh, okay, Fantastic Four. Awesome. Wakanda Forever. Awesome. Gonna watch that trailer right now. And um, we saw all that stuff. And I just kind of like was like, oh, they're done. They're done talking about things. And then three more posts <laughs> come up. And I'm like, are you Avengers? Kang Dynasty? Yep. Avengers Secret War? That is incredible. Yeah. So I, I, I just couldn't believe all all the stuff they threw out there, and obviously there's going to be even more D twenty threes this next month. So I heard a rumor yesterday, and I've heard it a couple of times now. They're going to announce a Punisher series on Disney Plus. I wouldn't at be D23. surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. They, I mean, people with I, John I, Bernthal. <laughs> I'm like, yes, please. I haven't please. watched. Um, I haven't watched a lot of those Netflix series, not just oh, not man. because they're bad or anything, but just I just missed them for some reason. Yeah. Um, I'm on Disney Plus now. I know people. Yeah, I know people love love Daredevil, love Punisher, love Jessica yeah. Jones. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see them back again for the fans. Yeah, they were all really well done. My sister worked on a lot of them. She was doing product oh, cool, placement cool. for the shows. Um, she does product nice. placement in, in film. And she got actually she represents companies, but Marvel. So we like how you works. So we want you to do all of our Netflix shows for us. Um, That's cool. So like in That's my great. office, I, in my office, I have my Defenders cast and crew poster that she sent me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping they can get all the original actors back because they're just 
Yeah, the shows are fantastic. The only weak link was kind of Iron Fist. But even season two yeah. was like leaps and bounds better than the first one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, I have trust that even if I mean, uh, I think people would love to see everybody back, uh, especially it would, would be it would feel a little weird to to especially if they're going to do Daredevil and and Punisher to not get Luke Cage, not get Jessica Jones and Iron Fist back. Yeah. Even if Iron Fist wasn't like received well, I'm yeah. sure they can figure out a way to make it like fit better in the Disney yeah. universe now. Yeah, Marvel, Marvel knows how to fix in. things. <laughs> Marvel knows yes. how to fix things. Yes, they do. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I heard Punisher. I would love for that to happen because that was a fantastic series. He played it just perfectly. Yeah. Um, actually, I just got a Punisher Netflix series vest in that I need to have somebody paint the logo on for me. I got it oh, custom nice. made by a guy um, and he does it unpainted. So he just he customizes it to your size, send him your measurements and he customizes the vest to your size and then sends it to you. So that's, that, my, next, that's awesome. my next upgrade. Cause I don't have any M- MCU like officially, like any uh-huh. official, all my Punisher stuff was kind of like my take on Punisher stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is fine. Cause there's so many different, you know, There's symbols so and stuff looks. for Punisher. Yeah. It's everything. And now that we have the multiverse, everything is canon, right? Like you can just say it's from a different mm-hmm. a different timeline. Yep. <laughs> Your Earth uh Earth 917 or yep. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loki, Loki gate opened the doorway for all that stuff for us. For, uh, <laughs> everything can be canon, which is fantastic. Right. Um so yeah. Okay. So You've been doing all these things for a while now. Like, what, what, like, advice or words of wisdom do you have? People that are looking into um, starting a podcast or starting cosplay. Like, what are your, what are your, what do you tell people to kind of encourage them? Well, with cosplay, I always try to encourage people to do things that they like and do things to their comfortability uh, mm-hmm. factor, right? Because there's a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of noise when you're when it comes to content creation in general yeah i think there's a lot of noise where you you either uh will stake your your happiness or your contention uh your your happiness or your satisfaction with your Mm -hmm. work with numbers or uh how people react or whatever it is right and i think number one you have to be happy with it yourself and I think that exudes to people who mm-hmm. who want to enjoy the content that you're making, yeah. um, because uh, it's it's the same with like video game streaming. So I'm doing that a lot now. Like I think people can tell when I'm not into playing a game. If I'm not into the character that I'm gonna cosplay, if I'm not into the photo shoot that I'm doing, mm-hmm. there there's a you can feel that. So. Yeah. A, make sure it's something that you're passionate about. If at least passionate about the design, you may not be the, you don't have to be like a scholar about whatever you're cosplaying, but at least be, just know the things that you're buying, know the look that you're trying to achieve and how you are going to make it your own and and how happy you're going to be in that costume, right? So that's that's number one. And the other one is just consistency. Honestly, if you want to be mm-hmm. successful in podcasting, in content creation, it's some sort of consistency. I'm not saying you have to do 
everything everyone says. There's a lot of like, oh, make three reels a day, three posts a day, all this stuff. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. If you have a full-time job, I have a full-time job. So yep. I, there's no way I would be able to do that. It's, it's just setting aside, you know, a couple hours every week. I'm going to work on cosplay this week. I'm going to work on doing my podcast this week. This, this is the time to do it. And just setting a time so you know that you're, you're using that to create the thing that you are going to be most proud of. Um, so that's, that's two things, passion, consistency, consistency. And there's just a lot lean on your other creators, like mm-hmm. make sure you, you reach out to people, that you know, that are doing this thing. If not try to be part of a community that is doing that stuff. Um, I learned a lot from other people who started podcasting around the time that I did. I learned a lot from cosplayers that are either above even or below my level of cosplay. I mean, I'm not a, not an amazing creator of cosplay. I'm not a fabricator. I'm not a, I'm not a tailor. I'm not a designer. So I'm learning a lot from people who do designs to people who do 3d printing, who do mm-hmm. prop making, like, Find that group of people that you can learn from, whether it's online, whether it's within your own local community, like those are going to be important people for you. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. That's awesome. Um, So with the streaming, what, what pulled you into streaming? Uh, Was that like, just like kind of pandemic driven also like way to do stuff during the time? It was a little bit pandemic driven. I think um, we we had streamed a little bit off and on with the because just because of the co- podcast brand, we like to have like interaction with people that, you know, uh, listen to the podcast, interacted with our stuff. So we did streaming and had uh, played a lot of Jackbox games, which uh, really encourages audience interaction. Yeah. And since we were, you know, stuck at home, we were like, let's do that more. Let's play some more video games. I started and, and honestly, I finally found a community of other streamers and people, content creators that wanted to do this thing. So I started learning from them, started seeing what they could do, what, you know, learning from them about patterning and uh, what games to play, what things could be exciting for the stream and that sort of stuff. And it just started becoming more and more natural. And it felt, awesome. it, it, it's honestly one of the best ways I've found to connect to an audience because it's one thing like when we were doing podcasting it's like comments you get kind of get a back and forth and get to have a conversation afterwards but it's not live interaction right it's not you're not at a panel talking to the audience and all that type of stuff which i wanted to do as well um so this is the closest i get to doing that i hope get to host my own show essentially control the experience and then i get immediate audience interaction with people that are coming through and hanging out, playing the games. And honestly, I was going to play games anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. now that like I can expand either, either play the games that I always meant to play and didn't have time for. Now I'm setting it aside time for them, or I'm playing new games that now I'm excited about because my community's community's excited about it. And, and we get to have that interaction that way. So um, it's just been a lot of fun. The pandemic really drove me to figure out what things made me happy. And this is one of those things. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've told that idea too. like even when I'm doing a podcast, like doing a live version of it, too, and having like Twitch or, or um, mm-hmm. Instagram live or something going while I do it. I just haven't 
decided yet. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's always one of those things in my head, like, eh. you know, it takes away your ability to stream something, uh, to edit something out if you don't like what you said, right? So you're live. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got to be more careful well, with. <laughs> well, yeah, there is definitely, there's a, there's a different different method of presenting yourself when you're doing something live on the air yeah. and live on streaming. Um, whereas you can be a little bit more prepped and, and, yeah. and, uh, a little looser maybe, uh, when you're, when you're going to edit it later. Right. Um, but yeah, I think in general, if you're going to be a, you're a person who likes to like interact with people, I think it's, it'll be fine in the end, you know, yeah. I think you'll, yeah. you'll live and learn and stuff like that. And everyone makes mistakes. So for sure. Yeah. And I mean, as far as even editing, I try not to edit a lot of stuff on podcast just because i like the flow of natural conversation yeah you know so unless something goes like way wrong i'm like nope it's just gonna stay in there um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was kind of or, my method too when we were podcasting so yeah or unless like like sometimes when i have a group on, on my group podcast with with um on, on please be responsibly like we'll start chatting about stuff i'm like wait this isn't we need to edit this off the the back end of it because now it's like all our personal chats and like it's not relevant uh-huh. to the topic so um you know yeah, no, I get that. I like the flow of conversation. Maybe I'll try one time with the with with live broadcast too. Um, yeah, see how it goes. That'd be interesting. Um, are you still doing the podcast now or no? We haven't done one in about uh, a year. We kind of we kind of dwindled off in June of twenty twenty one, just because we just didn't have there wasn't a lot of content coming out at the time. Yeah, I think around that time things were kind of getting slowing down a little bit. We were like in the middle of um, a season of something. We had just finished Clone Wars, I think, and Bad Batch, um, and a couple of other little shows, and then we were just we, there wasn't co- anything coming up, and we just didn't yeah. have time. And yeah. now that we were now that we're actually both doing so much stuff, Rachel has a lot of photography stuff that she's doing. I have to I'm content creating for our youtube page for the twitch page and and helping i'm actually now since i met other streamers i'm helping certain people edit stuff for their youtube pages cool so um now it's like okay when will we have the time to really do our one hour podcast of our own and we really do want to i would love to we will get back to it yeah it's just a matter of timing now as whether as to when we can record one and get it all set all set and stuff yeah. so i do yeah. miss it i miss it a lot i miss being able to interview people and all that stuff i do some of that sometimes on on twitch as well but yeah um it's obviously not the not the same as just sitting down and getting to podcast a little bit chit-chat. no for sure i get that when i moved in 2021 i've been good about podcast my last house and then i moved here and like i just didn't do it for like five or six or seven months like it was just like uh, the move and then getting back to in person at work like twice a week, you know, kind of once or twice a week, I go into the office still. Um, it was just hard to figure out the balance of, okay, I have all yeah. this stuff going on now. And then when can I podcast? And right, so, right. And then I did one and then I took off another month and didn't do anything or, or two months and didn't do anything. So now I'm trying to get back to that. Like every yeah. other week, every other week I'm going to have a podcast out. Um, of this one like and then the other consistency one. right yeah consistency is is key yeah. like we were we fell out of a routine and i started making a new routine and now i got to figure out the routine to get it back out of in them. shape so yeah i mean don't be afraid i mean like I, just for people who are thinking about creating content stuff like that don't be afraid to take breaks yep don't be afraid to 
take your time and and really articulate the thing you're trying to make yeah. because once you spread yourself too thin and like you burn yourself out it's something can be just over with like you're just gonna not and you're not gonna get any joy out of it anymore yep. so you you need to learn you need to know that whoever your audience is for the most part will stick with you yeah if you take yeah. a break like yep. people are human we we're starting to understand more how creators need to have that they need to yeah. have that time to themselves to to figure out what they want to create because yep. otherwise you're just pumping out a bunch of nonsense that just doesn't doesn't fulfill you it doesn't capture anyone either because they know you're not fulfilled by it absolutely so, yeah just make sure that you know there's balance consistency yeah. but create balance balance yeah and that's the thing too i think you draw back to like make don't put the value on what how many likes you get or how many clicks you get, right? Like when you're taking a lot, when I took a long break from podcasting, the first couple didn't get as many listens as the previous ones had because I had been off air for a few months, right? So it's like drawing yeah. that audience back in and getting back in the groove. You'll see it slowly go up. Like, okay, the first one didn't get a lot of listens. The second one got a couple more listens. Now let's go back and listen to the one before that. So sometimes it just takes time for those things to build back too, yeah. you know? Or you post something and it doesn't get a lot of likes, but a week or two later when the algorithm changes or some crap, yeah, yeah, a ton of likes, you and know. That, and that's honestly what a whole other conversation, obviously, like learning algorithms and knowing that sometimes the app will actively just work against you. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever yeah. reason it is, it's yeah. no no fault of your own. It was probably great content and great a great thing you put out but for some reason it just was not shown to people and yep. don't be afraid to like repost it yeah advocate absolutely. for yourself like absolutely that, that's the only thing we can do now is like advocate for yourself try to help, have friends try to advocate for you if you can and yeah make you make your own space you're you're, yeah. you're worthy of that space is what i yeah. would tell a creator that's out there yeah one easy thing that i've found that helps a lot for like being able to post consistently or at times that you want to be able to post, even if you got like a full-time job and you can't do it. Yeah. Is if you have a Facebook page version of your Instagram page and you yeah. link them, they have the Facebook meta suite and you can schedule posts that yeah. will push out to Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram. Um, so I try to do that for a couple of my pages. I have like a business page where I have an Italian American business and I have a, a hip hop page where I do like history of hip hop, which is pretty deep inactive right now. Um, but I'll try to load a bunch of posts in on dates and yeah. times and then schedule them. So I, I don't have to work. And then on my phone is going, Oh, you got likes, you got likes, you got mess. You know, it's nice yeah, yeah, to get yeah, that, yeah, yeah. be able to autopilot a little bit of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so learn, learn the tools that'll help take the stress away from, Oh my God, I have to yeah. post right now. No, no, no. There's all There's... kinds of automation, little things that you can do to help yourself yeah. to get the content yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the um, time today to everybody who's listening. It's Chris. It's at the real China man at nerdlies and at oddly captured. Um, are I missing any of your media handles? Nope. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash the nerdlies. If you guys want to check that out or youtube.com slash the nerdlies. We have all of our videos and stuff there. Join us for a Twitch stream. If you'd like, uh, do it Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday nights. So usually nice. starting around 6 o'clock Pacific time. So, nice. so you, have a, you have a regular schedule for that, for those. Yep. Yeah. 
that's awesome man that's awesome oh thank you so much man for um coming on it's been a long time since i've seen you and chatted with you like this you know we chat a little bit on messenger but it's been i've got at least two years my last my last con was 2019 in january at long beach yeah for sure um for sure so, it's been a long yeah. while so it's good good to actually see your see your face and talk and yep. listen to your lovely voice likewise <laughs> likewise <laughs> all right man thanks a lot everybody thank you for listening and uh go follow and support everything that chris is getting up to